or we'll have difficulty making headway. We have to be as light as possible. And I must take my treasures. I can't possibly leave behind the photos of my children and the keys to my apartment. I spent the day turning such questions over and over in my mind. Twenty times or more, I thought about our route once we were out of the cage. I tried to calculate all sorts of things. Where the river must be. How many days it would take us until we could get help. I imagined the horror of an anaconda attacking us in the water. Or an enormous caiman like the one whose red and shining eyes I had seen in the guard's flashlight when we were coming down the river. I saw myself wrestling with a jaguar. The guards had regaled us with a ferocious description. I thought of everything that might possibly frighten me. To prepare myself psychologically and be ready to respond. I had to know how to control my emotions. I decided that this time, nothing would stop me. I could think of nothing else. I no longer slept, because I understood that my brain worked better in the quiet of the evening. I observed, and I took note of everything. What time the guards changed watch, where each one stood, who stayed awake, who fell asleep, who would report to his replacement on the number of times we'd gotten up to pee. I also tried to continue communicating with my companion, to prepare her for the effort the escape would require, the precautions to take, the noises we must avoid making. She listened to me in silence, exasperated, and would only answer to refuse or disagree. We had to prepare decoys to leave where we slept, to give the impression of a body curled up on the bed. I was not allowed outside the cage, except to go to the chontos, the FARC word for the makeshift toilets they dug in the ground for us. This was an opportunity to rummage through the garbage dump in the hope of discovering some precious item. I came back one evening with some bits of cardboard and an old sack that had been soaked in decomposing food, ideal to build our decoys. My behavior annoyed the guard. Because he didn't know whether he ought to forbid me from taking things, he shouted at me to get a move on reinforcing his invective with a wave of his gun. As for Clara, my booty disgusted her, because she couldn't understand what possible use it might be. I realized the gulf between us. Stuck together, reduced to a regime of Siamese twins who have nothing in common, we lived in opposite worlds. She was trying to adapt. I could only think of escape. After a particularly hot day, the wind rose. The jungle went silent for a few moments. Not a single peep from a bird or rustling of a wing. We all turned toward the wind to breathe in the weather. A storm was approaching rapidly. Activity in the camp became feverish. Everyone hurried to his task. Some checked the ropes on their tents. Others set off at a run to pick up laundry drying in a patch of sunlight. Others with greater foresight went to the chontos in case the storm lasted longer than they could hold out. I watched all this agitation, my stomach twisted in anxiety, and I prayed to God to give me the strength to go through with it. Tonight, I shall be free. I repeated this sentence over and over, to ward off the fear that was contracting my muscles and draining my blood, while I struggled to make the gestures I had planned a thousand times during my sleepless nights. I waited until nighttime to build my decoy, folded the big black plastic sheet and slipped it inside my boot, unfolded the little gray plastic bag that would serve as a waterproof poncho, and checked to see if my companion was ready.
I waited for the storm to break. From my previous attempts, I had learned that the best moment to slip away was at dusk, the hour when wolves look like dogs. In the jungle, this meant precisely 6.15 p.m. During the few minutes while our eyes adjusted to the darkness and before night fell completely, we were all blind. I prayed for the storm to break at that time. If we fled the camp just before night took possession of the forests, the guards would change watch without noticing, and the alarm would be sounded only the next morning at dawn. That gave us enough time to get away and hide during the day. The team sent out to look for us would go much faster than we could, because they were much fitter, and they had the daylight in their favor. But if we covered our tracks, the farther we got, the greater the area they would have to search. To cover the search area, they would need more men than they had available.